Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello sports fans. Welcome to a brand new episode of Minus Three presented as ever by Omaha. Eddie Spaghetti there behind the glass. In just a second, we're going to be joined by one of our very favorites. In fact, he won a Shecky Award a couple of years ago as our favorite non-football playing guest, Nick Costos from You Better You Bet going to join us to chop up what is a spirited time in New York City, not just because the Yankees and Metropolitans are both embarrassing themselves and have the fans in New York upset. But here come Aaron Rodgers Jets making a big star turn on hard knocks. By the way, Eddie Spaghetti, I got to say, I haven't changed my opinion on Aaron Rodgers largely, but boy, very charming stuff. That was like uh, that that PR couldn't have gotten any better for number 12 there, or should I say number eight? as he made his debut in New York, right? I mean, I really, I, I have to concede when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. I don't think I'm wrong about the guy. I just, I mean, that was a winning turn from him for that first 60 minutes. People were, uh, I think some people were hoping for like, you know, the villain edit, but I think, and I've been saying this too over the last few weeks, like the New York media has has only been giving him praise. Like there has been no negativity towards him. He hasn't said anything that's been outlandish. He seems to be getting meshing really well with them. And especially the teammates too, saying that like, it's just a different feel. So, um, you know, seeing what we did on, on hard knocks and him being this like glowing fun guy, I am not shocked in the least by that. I actually thought that this in a weird way, the hard knocks is going to repair his image. I don't think, that Aaron Rodgers would almost let HBO make him look like a fool or make him look more hateable. So I'm hoping that because I, I I still am a fan of, of Rodgers and I think hopefully four or five weeks later, um, Hard Knocks really does repair and kind of brings him back to pre I would say 2020 Aaron Rodgers because that's the, it's I think funny it's rolling south. It's it, it's funny in a way when you it's a it's a part of. Um, getting what you want by lashing out in advance the way he and I, I'm upset about this they knew uh-oh we don't have a show NFL films understands hard knocks understands we're really gonna have a lousy product if we don't accommodate Aaron Rodgers he doesn't want us there and if he is difficult for us we don't have much of a of a of a show this year so I think by doing that in advance. Now they understand they have to handle him a certain way. I had to deal with that with Bob Knight once, you know, he, that, that kind of lashing out in advance and shouting everybody down and accusing people of stuff makes the other side behave so that they can't say, see, you're doing exactly what I said you would do anyway. See, now I'm getting cynical about Rogers and I'm trying to be positive. And I think it's uh, I, I think it's a nice story. And the thing that breaks through is, and I, understood this intellectually for the last six months um but it is nice if you're a sports fan you see how excited the jets fans are you know when when now that they have this guy and he comes out there and the players are excited about it it's neat i also wrote i also forewarn as i you know it's it it doesn't matter what you're seeing in this training camp stuff oh good vibes oh look at sauce gardner uh, look at it doesn't matter just don't get hurt. That's what you as a fan should be rooting for right now is that none of your guys get hurt because all the noise coming out, all the positive spin and everything else doesn't matter. That said, I know people are not going to listen to that warning. Once again, I give it every year. It's all a big civil war reenactment. It, it only looks real in August. 
I guarantee you that the result of this is going to be even more dollars being thrown at the Jets, whether it's win the division, go to the Super Bowl, win totals. You know what? Let's talk about all of that with one of our favorites, like we said, Nick Costos. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesars Sportsbook? But before you answer, two words, Caesars Rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Oh, just in time for football season coming off of what was a pretty busy personal summertime for him. He got married and I'm sure he spent a lot of that wedding weekend and beyond wringing his hands over his sad, sad New York Yankees. He's described as the sports betting host slash personality and as I say, newly betrothed. I don't think it's to his partner, Lockie Lockerson, but if that is the way they decided to go, I celebrate it from You Better You Bet, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 Eastern, available through uh, BetMGM and Odyssey. It's our guy, Nick Costos. What's the poop, fella? Sheck, what's going on, brother? Great to uh, great to hear your voice. It means football season's almost here, which is absolutely right. awesome. Been a great uh, a great summer for me, besides for the fact that my Yankees are terrible, which uh, I, I always say, like, no one's more right about New York sports than me. I've been saying for years. This Can Yankee I tell you something? I got to interrupt win. you. You are correct about that. I really, I mean, anecdotally, I mean, I'm not exposed to uh, Mike Francesa on a regular basis or anybody like that, but you really do 
cut through it and you tell the truth about New York sports, whether it makes you happy or not. And I hail you for that. Yeah, like Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone, this leadership will never win a World Series. Hal Steinbrenner, I think, makes Jim Dolan look like look like Jerry Jones as far as an owner is concerned. And I think Jerry's a good owner for the Dallas Cowboys. So, mm-hmm. like, he sucks, trust fund baby clown, born on third, thinks he hit a triple. Cashman sucks well past his expiration date. Aaron Boone, like, I, the, my favorite thing about Boone is, like, he does, like, he uh, gets ejected from the game a couple nights ago, makes fun of Laz Diaz, and everyone's like, oh, how great is this that Aaron Boone, he gets ejected, he's so funny. I actually think his strategy strategy should be to get ejected from every game because a it's entertaining and b i think the yankees will have a better chance of winning without him in the dugout screwing up all the games so yeah that's that's what's happening with my yankees right now but other than that we're getting ready for football and feeling good yeah it's pretty sad uh the state of them but given the expanded playoffs of the last couple of years the ever expanding major league baseball playoffs are we sure the yankees definitely still can't sneak in the back door here i think they have a shot at it yes we're sure five and a half back at the time of this recording. There are only a couple of teams in front of them. The Jays have suffered uh, a big injury there. It is plausible that the Yankees can close the gap and get in. And then it will be funny to listen to all you New Yorkers complain because you decided to throw dirt on them in July. But um, it's it, it the, the explanation of how Steinbrenner eludes me. Why does he not spend? Uh, I don't know. He's dumb. No, but I, but for real, there, there, there's got to be some corporate reason. Yeah, because 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 he doesn't want to pay the luxury tax. Like, that's what this is all about is not paying the luxury tax. And, you know, I I mean this sincere, sincerely. I think Yankee fans get a bad rap or maybe we don't. Maybe it's deserved. You know, like I, I was, oh, you're a Yankee fan. You must like the Cowboys and like the Lakers and Duke. It's like, no, I like the Yankees and I like the Giants and I like the Rangers and I like the Knicks. And with my other teams that I root for, you're kind of forced to be grounded in reality. But when you grow up rooting for the the New York Yankees, the greatest franchise in the history of professional sports, you can shake your head all you want. It's a fact. Like they no, are. I agree with. I absolutely yeah. agree oh, oh, with oh, you. Oh, 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 I'm glad. I'm glad you agree. I said this. Like I said, brass is green, and you agree. Thank you very much for agreeing. Well, you accuse me of shaking my fact. head at you. I wasn't shaking my head at you. I agree. And, and the here, thing and I'm shaking thing. my no, head no, hold at. Hold on, hold on a second. Because New York, it's, it's our birthright. As new New York Yankee fans to expect winning and to expect win- doing anything possible to win. And that's what the great George Steinbrenner did. Did any everything in his power to win. Hal Steinbrenner wants to sit on his hands and not take a luxury Don't tax. tell it to me. That's George, what I George, George, George would take a piss on the luxury tax. He wouldn't care about the luxury tax. How do they have the, the same tax. genes? That's my question to you. How, what, what's, what, what skipped a generation for Hal here that he doesn't understand the way his old man went about business. Listen, let's get Costos in there. I'm all for it. Did you watch Succession? It's like uh, the, you know, the the Roy kids had uh, like uh, we're nothing like their dad. I guess it's like uh, he's like interesting. He's, I guess he's I don't know him well enough to know if he's like Kendall or Roman. Maybe a combination of the both. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe we should do a deep dive. I don't know. Did George ever produce a female child who you could marry? It's going to be ugly for you in the short term getting out of the marriage you just had. But if you could marry into the Steinbrenner clan, we saw how succession ended. You could wind up at the top of the mountain. There. Yeah, Tom Wamsgan Costos. I like it. Same thing. Same same sort of cats, I think. Um, you know, it's funny. You mentioned Aaron Boone getting thrown out. The Yankees must historically have the most managers thrown out of all time. Right. There can't be a close second to that in terms of franchise. Um, Billy Martin endlessly got thrown out. Then Lou Pinella got thrown out. 
That's got to be it. I, I I think that's got to be it. Listen, we have a lot to talk about, and we <laughs> bogged down with uh, with this jive. Bless you, sir. Thank um, you. But very quickly, we had an argument the other day, and I'm just curious for your insights because you cut through. You know, it's not about emotion. You just uh, you, you you know you you understand the nuts and bolts of these things. And Beyonce or Taylor Swift, who's the bigger star? Oh. But who do I like more or who's no, the bigger star? not who do you like more? It's not based on emotion. Who is the more popular performer? I would have said if you had asked me this question like a year ago, I think it would have been like Beyonce hands down. But I think like this and I I'm, I just want to like I'm not like a huge fan of either. If forced to pick one, like I had to listen to, I guess I would choose Taylor Swift. But I don't like seek the music of either one out. But I think like this recent tour that Taylor Swift has been on has been like um. It's like, it's like kind of like a, like penetrated, like the social consciousness and like culturally. Right. Um, so I think it has to be Taylor Swift at this point. And I think like the answer at any point up until the last like three months and prior would have been Beyonce. I think Taylor's, I think I said this to someone recently is Taylor Swift, like the most famous person in the world right now, or one of them. Certainly. I think it's Taylor Swift. I agree. And I, that's exactly where it came from. I don't think since the Beatles, there's been a, a a phenomenon like this. And that includes, you know, Madonna was in between there. Um, I, I mean, you know, endless number of ba- Grateful Dead and the phenomenon of uh, the 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 endless touring of of that band. Uh, you know, Taylor Swift is the biggest phenom in about 50 years. I think you're you're right about that. All right, listen, I told you 15 or 20 minutes. I'm I, I'm going to stick to that. So let's wait, get well, let to, me I, I, wait, wait, just real quick. Go ahead. What's the go best ahead. Taylor? What's the best Taylor Swift song? I don't know. I don't know her songs, but I but they're not made for me. So I, I don't feel bad about you. I don't do like anti hero, like the, the like the the single like off like the, the, the number one single off this last album. You don't like anti hero. It's like objectively is like, as a pop song. It's like a 10 out of 10. She has nice pops. I the, the, the problem for me is, is that I'm an old and when not that old. Went, well, listen, when you but when you listen on Alexa or you just stream music and stuff, uh, you know, I know albums in total, like every track on every album up to a point. But now it's just a big abyss. I don't know. Like I just hear, hey, play Taylor Swift. And then, you know, Alexa uh, uh, appeases me and plays 10 or 15 songs. I don't know which what the names of them are. They're good. I, I, I think she's fine. I think she's I think she's pretty good. I mean, I listen to smooth jazz like exclusively. So I don't know if I have much to offer. That's actually, that's, <laughs> and that is honestly is the truth. So I don't know how much I have to offer here. OK, let's uh, I, I know you do have a lot to, to offer when football is the discussion in New York as the backdrop. First of all, our Giants fans, you're the personification of a Giants fan to some degree. Are Giants fans, as we sit here in August 2023, vaguely jealous? What's the chief emotion um, as the Jets get all this shine, whether they deserve it or not, because they landed Aaron Rodgers? Well, I think the Giants fans are, well, we made the playoffs last year. Like, what have you done? And uh, and we're going to make the playoffs again this year. And the Jets play in this really tough division. So I don't really think there's any kind of like resentment from Giants fans towards Jets fans right now. I mean, I guess there is like manufactured amongst like fanatics who are just like really stupid and like take this stuff way too seriously. And I used to be one of those people. So I'm not even really criticizing it. I'm just saying like, it's kind of silly. Um, so yeah, I'm sure there are Giants fans that will be rooting heavily against the Jets this year because the Jets are stealing the back page headlines right now. The Giants fans that I deal with mostly are basically of the opinion that, hey, like we actually won last year. Like we were one of the last four teams standing in our conference last year. The Jets have currently have what the longest playoff drought in the National Football League, right? The longest stretch of consecutive losing seasons in the National Football 
Football League. So I think Giants fans are kind of like, great, now go out and do it, and then we can have a conversation. Uh, once the Jets make the playoffs and the Giants don't, if that happens, then I think the time will start to shift a little bit. Well, the markets, you know, the Jets are plus 250 to win the division. The Giants, uh, who did make the playoffs a year ago, as you point out, um, are uh, where are they um, exactly at the time of this recording. They're plus 165 to even get back to the playoffs. The Jets are plus 120 to miss the playoffs. How much of this, in your expert opinion, is owed or how much might this move before kickoff because of hard knocks and Aaron Rodgers coming off like a big hero, mic'd up and all of that? Do you suppose that these numbers move at all because I listen, I I've said it forever for 15 years watching hard knocks. It's hard not to get seduced by, because you're siloed with one team. And so you start to buy the vibe and generally speaking, Dave Campo and the Cowboys that one year when they were in San Antonio, you could tell that team's going to stink. And Herm Edwards, when it was Brody Croyle versus who was it? Uh, can't think of who he was in competition. You knew that. Castle? No, it wasn't Matt Cat. Whoever it was, you knew that team was going to stink. On the other hand, most of the time when you watch, you're like, ooh, this team's got it. And that's times 100 when you see the swooning over Rodgers and the way he comports himself and everything. Do you think that that, that these numbers are inflated uh, in, in an optimistic way for the Jets because of Aaron Rodgers and the grim reality ain't going to hit until September? No, I I don't think so. I think the Jets hmm. are the Jets are awesome. Uh, they're going to be really good. I got asked this this morning, um, humble brag in my workout class. Uh, I got asked, you know, what do you think of the Jets this year? And I said, I, I think they're going to be awesome. The problem, though, is that the division they play in is absolutely right. it's impossible. And the conference they play in is impossible. You know, I, right. I, I got people locally um, here in the New York area, got people really upset a couple of months ago when a clip that I had uh, on You Better You Bet kind of like got Got, got played a lot locally of me saying that I think the Packers are going to win more games this year than the Jets. And that's assuming that Jordan Love is good. And it was like, I do think the Packers are as good as the Jets. Like, I don't. I don't think the Packers are as good as the Jets. But if the Jets were in the NFC North and played in the NFC and not the AFC East and the AFC, the Jets could be a 12 or 13 or even 14 win team. But you put them in this conference, like they're home underdogs in week one on, in primetime against Buffalo. Uh, so, yeah, like I, I think the Jets are going to be awesome. I think the price is about right for, for them. Um, I'd like to make a case and get up on the table and say, yeah, the Jets are definitely going to win the Super Bowl, go to the Super Bowl. But I mean, you know, are we definitely going to count the Patriots out now with actual a real legitimate? No, well, that's let's uh, you know, that's what's fascinating, by the way, to your point about the rugged AFC. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't think it's hyperbole. You know, I you you love your Super Bowl era history as much as I do. So I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I don't think I I look at the NFC in the 90s when you have when you had Favre's Packers and Aikman's Cowboys and Steve Young's Niners. I mean, you know, that's pretty top heavy top three there. I think about the 70s in the AFC when you had Pittsburgh, Miami, Oakland, Houston emerging at the back end, New England had some nice years and so on. I don't think there's ever been a top to bottom more difficult gauntlet of teams to survive. I mean, I can talk myself into, you know, 14 out of the 16 AFC teams making a playoff run this year. And like you say, I mean, it is, not a knock on any of these teams to say, I can't see you get into the Super Bowl because in spite of the collective um, 
you know, how, how good collectively the conference is, you still have Patrick Mahomes sitting at the top of the mountain there. So I, I feel like there's a ceiling on all of this stuff. And I agree, it's not a knock on Aaron Rodgers. I do think, though, practically speaking, the one thing we've looked back, and it's funny because noted Jets fan Mike Greenberg is starting to make the same noise I uh, from what I get. They don't have a great offensive line. That could be a problem for these Jets, right? Definitely. Um, and I think that's kind of like that might be the bugaboo. And even like in, in practice reports, you know, the Jets are playing the Panthers this weekend in Carolina in a preseason game. And the practice reports were like, if this were a real game, an actual game, Rodgers would have been sacked multiple times in this practice. Now, I, I do think that there is theoretical upside attached to the Jets offensive line where, you know, Dwayne Brown comes back healthy and he's Robert Salas. Requires optimism, though, that's for sure. For sure. But there's like there's a bull case to be made for the Jets offensive line. I don't know how realistic it is. It's Dwayne Brown's healthy and stays healthy the whole year. And then like Mekhi Becton kind of puts it together and he kind of looks like the player that we thought he might be when they drafted him one of the top 10 out of Louisville a couple of years ago. So there's a bull case to be made for the Jets offensive line. I still think ultimately, you know, with the guile that Aaron Rodgers has, even if he's not the same quarterback he was, you know, even like two or three years ago. I mean, like, look at what the Jets were able to do last year with Zach Wilson, who obviously one of the worst quarterbacks we've ever seen. And maybe he can get back. You hope that he's able to salvage his career. Just root for the young man, right? And with Wilson and then like the Iceman, Mike White uh, and Streveler getting some regular season snaps, you know, once and, and, and it's just it was just brutal for the Jets last year. And I think with Rodgers now. I think the ceiling for this team is very, very high. So, yeah, like the offensive line could ultimately hold them back. But the roster's really, really good. And and Rodgers is the quarterback. So, I yes, the offensive line can hold them back. But I think that's kind of like the offensive line holds them back from making it to championship Sunday or like winning a Super Bowl. I don't think it holds them back from winning like somewhere in the range of like 9 to 11 or 12 games. I think they get there almost no matter what. Well, I mean, I, you know, the charisma and all and sense of humor and easy going away and the talent and understanding of the game and everything else breaks through over the 60 minutes of of hard knocks. No doubt. I, I also, though, you know, to your earlier point about how much tougher the AFC is than the NFC, the Giants going over seven and a half equals the Jets going under nine and a half, both even money. As a Giants fan, are you obligated to make both of those bets. Isn't it? I, I, I'm, I really am surprised that the Giants total is, I mean, plus 100 on the Giants who just made the playoffs a year ago, way more confidence, obviously, in what the Jets have going in, like you say, in, in a much worse conference. Um, you know, I'm not a hot take artist. Um, I say things because I mean them, whether people right. like it or not. Um, and I'm always honest. Uh, I would much rather bet the Jets over nine and a half than the Giants over seven and a half. Um, and this is all anchored in like facts, anchored in point spreads, right? And and mm-hmm. I will I will get to like my ultimate point here in a second. So week one, the Giants are three and a half point home underdogs right now, somewhere in between three and three and a half. It's a juice three and a half towards the Giants um, at home against the Cowboys. The implication there is that Dallas is a lot better than the Giants for the Giants to be more than three. Point at home in prime time. And we've been talking one. about that game already. Yeah. We've already so, pointed at that one as a weird number. Well, I mean, is it weird? I mean, it's like a lot of money gets bet into these markets. I feel like that's probably what it's going to be. Now, I would rather bet Giants plus three and a half because I think that Gabe will probably close three. So I think Giants plus three and a half is, is likely to be a valuable wager. But the point is, is that if you take that opening point spread 
and you extrapolated over the course of 17 games. And, you know, I'll give like a, a quick plug to you better, you better. And an exercise we did on the show this summer, we did, it was a game we played called eight buckets and I don't need to get to like the rules of the game. It was actually, I think, it, I think it's right up your alley, actually something you would like mm. to check. Um, but basically it's okay. Let's take the week one point spread and then project what we think the point spread is going to be for every game the rest of the season. And it's less like haggling over, is it four and a half or five and more like placing, you know, the, the spreads in different buckets. Is the game a toss up? Meaning, is it less than three either way? Is it a likely loss? Meaning you are a three to six and a half point underdog, or is it a blowout loss? You're an underdog of seven points or more, or the other way wins, right? So likely win gotcha, three points gotcha. or more favorite, blowout win seven point or more favorite. Um, and if you use and you anchor things in the week one point spread, the Giants are going to win six games this year based on their schedule. Now that is, again, based on week one. So I, I think this is a, a win total that people will look at and say, wow, how could this be? They made it to the divisional round last year. Now they're projected to finish below 500. Like the bet is not the Giants to finish above 500. Better for them to finish eight and nine, at least, right? With the win total sitting at seven right. and a half. And people will be like, why is that the case? I have just explained why that's the case. Look at the point spread in week one and then and then go for the rest of the year and you will get the Giants to about six or six and a half wins. Now, here's the fly in the ointment. So I can feel Eddie Spaghetti kind of like shaking as I'm saying this or Giants fans really upset by this. It's just the facts. Here's what kind of trips that up and what makes me a little reticent to want to bet an under on the Giants and why I feel like it's not worth betting either way. The Giants might actually have, maybe he's not the best coach, but he's certainly in the conversation to be one of the best coaches, if not the best coach in the NFL, when it's all said and done. Gable's awesome. And I am not the be-all end-all of National Football League coaching and coaching decisions, but I think I'm pretty good with this stuff. And I would watch Giants games last year, especially coming off the Joe Judge and Pat Shermer experience and Ben McAdoo experience, where I would watch... You know, Brian Dable make in-game decisions and every single time, with the exception of a couple decisions in the divisional round game against Philly that they were getting blown out in any way, every single time I'm like, this guy's the best. He's He is coaching to win, not coaching, not to lose. So Dable's awesome. Mike Kafka's awesome. Wink Martindale's awesome. So I love the head coach. I love the offensive coordinator. I love the defensive coordinator. It is possible that the coaching is so good for the Giants that they're able to go over the win total and they get involved in these close games and the coaching pushes them over the top. So like, is the win total wrong? No, I actually think it's right. And mm. if like the like gun to my head forced to bet on it, I bet the under, but I would never make that bet because the coach might be so great. And I think that is the conundrum for the 2023 New York football giants. It's fascinating. And it's a quick offshoot. We're now two years removed from Dable in Buffalo. You know, I I am in on the Bills regression. I don't think that they are suddenly going to be. I think people are getting over their skis about how uh, mediocre they're going to be. Merely, they're not going to be as good as they've been the last couple of years. That I, For whatever reason, there seems to be this, um, uh, it, it's a two-year lag when a big-time OC or DC moves on. Okay, they survived with Ken Dorsey last year. Ken Dorsey really better step it up, or that Bills team is, like I say, going to be flirting with even double-digit wins, potentially, in in, in this all-time awful division. Um, with But Spaghetti, if you want to jump in here, please. I, I know you want to make your case here. The, you know, the problem for me is with knocking where the Giants are going to go this year is that – I suspect that the Eagles are going to come in a game or three under where they came in a year ago. Um, 
I have some questions about where the Cowboys are going. I do think that the team is, and all the B enemy stuff over the course of the last few days has me a little shook. I really like that commies team. I like, I mean, I don't want to get crazy, but at 13 to one, that, that ain't, uh, uh, that feels uh, awfully valuable to me, but um, spaghetti, you, you want to jump in here? I don't want to sure. get in your yeah. way. If you want to debate mean, uh, Costos here a little bit, we can, curse, we, we can curse on the show, right? We, Go we, ahead, spaghetti. We will bleep it. Well, we're, we're not, uh, yeah, you could curse. I'll just bleep it. I was gonna say, I can't, I can't wait to hear the. That Eddie's about to spout out here. Let's let's. No, I was just uh, I was just gonna go. We're gonna play and do an exercise um, here. I'm gonna go by the schedule. I mean, I just feel like there's a lot of pretty easy games for the Giants. Like they're on the road, but it's like you know versus the card. Okay, so how about this? How about this? Give go through and I'll tell you like what bucket each each point spread will fall in. I don't care about points. We're talking about winning games. We're talking, we're okay, talking about the okay, win total. all right, yeah, like, okay. So you so you want to deal in like fantasy like nonsense land, and I'll deal in reality. I'm I'm talking about simply winning games, winning or losing football games. I don't care about the point spread in this in this exercise. We're okay, but okay, 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 okay. Hold on, hold on. But the problem is, is that like the point spread is a reflection of the team's likelihood to win the game. That's the problem with this. Right, but obviously that can get changed dramatically after week one. Sure, and and also. Let's uh, let's apply what Spaghetti's trying to do here to the win total for the Giants. Again, seven and a half feels meager for a team that just was in the playoffs. I get exactly what you're saying, but at even money, go ahead and make your case there, Spaghetti. Well, I I mean, I don't respect the commanders like you do. Sam Howell at quarterback is just going to be uh, atrocious. He's a fifth. Hold on. Sam Howell, to Sheck's point, and both of you might be right. You can't say he's going to be great, and you also can't say he's going to be awful. Like, we don't know. He might be awesome. He also might be terrible. So I think Sheck's, like, I, there's theoretical upside with the commanders. And the one and time we, we saw know. him last year, to be fair, he was great in week 18 against Dallas, to be fair. To and be fair. is Biennemi a great OC or is he not? This move away from KC was weird. I get, I, you know, I thought it, Set, was a yet another red flag and now the Rivera comments make it even weirder but if that works out if he is in fact an offensive genius without Patrick Mahomes which is my hunch um it, if he is the real deal then that should improve the the commies offense by a tick at least spaghetti but anyway I, okay I, the go giants ahead do your giants the giants uh, with the dale and jones era have had the commies number i'm not that worried about them they have road games like the cardinals which they should dominate i think early in the season playing the 49ers with the question mark at quarterback is a really a gift to the giants uh you know and then they have games later in the season too first the rams are going to be terrible they have a, a game versus the the raiders who i don't trust their situation at quarterback they're going to be a mess the patriots stink i don't think the packers are going to be very good i don't like, think the a patriots lot of stink the Packers are going to be good. Those are things that you're glossing. The over. Giants should not lose at home to the Patriots with Mac Jones at quarterback. I just don't. I can't see it. Really? I, I, I don't think they should. I, they, I'm should or should not. They should not lose to Mac Jones, who is like if you follow any of those like Warren Sharp stats, he is always on the bottom of like any quarterback metrics or whatever. I mean, I think there's a chance they're gonna they could split with the Cowboys this year, so that'll be nice to get a game in the division on them. And I just think there's some other winnable games. They lost the Seahawks last year at, on the road in Seattle. That'll be a good tough game at home. I think the Seahawks will be good, but I don't. I'm not counting the Giants out of any of these games. Like so, I, I don't. I don't know why. 
um, I'm supposed to go, okay, from divisional round exit to all of a sudden they're going to regress this year with a schedule that I don't think the schedule is also never as tough as people make it out to be preseason. So they're going to be teams that you expect to be good. That yes, won't but be it's good. built. The schedule's built. This is what everyone wants to win totals. Well, the schedule is this. We know. That's why the win total I think, is I think Nick, you being – It's because I, of the schedule. If you're going to yell at me, I could yell back and just say, if you're going to be constantly negative and then – and then <laughs> It's not it, negative. It's just the truth. You, but when it comes out to be right, like then I, – I don't think you said last year they were, their Giants were a divisional round team. Okay, so, so I was – okay, how about to, this? You I ready? I was wrong. And then, and then applaud yourself when like – No, I was wrong. negative comes out. It's like I'm going to – I'm a fan first. I'm going to be optimistic. There are some garbage teams on this. The Giants could – if they win the first game in Dallas at home, the opening night, whatever, their next three games until the Seahawks game is the four, week four, I think with a bad Niners quarterback and a, a miserable – the worst team in football, the Cardinals, there's a chance the Giants could be th- like 3-0 and uh, going into their home game versus Seahawks. Like, I, I mean, yes, there could be also devastation. They're own three. That's not going to happen. Chances are two and one looks okay. Like, I, I don't know. I have a lot to be positive about the giants made the, the, the changes they were supposed to be making on their roster. They added interior O-line. They added uh, Darren Waller. They added wide receiver depth. They added cornerbacks. Like, I, I don't know, like if the team is getting better, I don't just gonna, I'm not going to be like, Oh yeah, they're going to go. They're going to regress massively when the quarterback is going to be tons better than he was last year, at least in the passing game. It's too early to be heating the spaghetti up. It's not, it's going to be passed out. It's easy to be negative. About every, it's it's so easy to be negative about every team you root for. And then, then you're right. You're like, Oh, look, I knew it. They suck. They, I'm not that kind of fan. I'm not that kind of fan. To be <laughs> but, 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 okay. So like, then I, I don't have to be that kind of fan and I'm okay with that. I don't need to be like, I don't need to be that. That's fine. I'm just honest. They're going to be awesome. I would say it. And like, you want me to say I was wrong about the Giants last year? I was wrong. I'm wrong a lot. Well, I never said awesome. I said that I think winning eight games is for sure feasible. I'm not saying it's not feasible. They could they could win 12 games this year. There's a bull case to be made for the Giants. Gable might be the best coach. Daniel Jones could take a step forward. Like all of these things are possible. I'm just saying like we're talking about betting here, though, right? We're talking about probability. It's not like mystique and aura. It's like, what do we know? We know right now that the betting market thinks that the Giants are not a good team. And that's why I'm saying that I think the win total at seven and a half is fair. Am I, I didn't say I was going to bet the under. I didn't say that. Here's how I would broadly advocate for the Giants. Um, it, it, it is in this sense, I look around the neighborhood. I also believe in looking at... Uh, I take I take, hold on, I take umbrage with spaghetti claiming that I am just like a, ne- a negative for the sake of being negative, which is... I don't think that... Uh, can I tell you something? I, I, I don't mean to choose sides here. I'm with Costos on this one. Spaghetti. Of course, I, I am question. aware of people who do who say crap to get attention and be negative. And I, you know, I love pointing those guys out. I don't get the sense that's true with Costos because I hear him puff his chest out plenty when it's deserved about your New York teams. I mean, I'm you- that's that's it's fine. I just I'm a I'm a fan. I'm I'm honest when I need to be honest. And I think like New York teams right now, obviously don't feel good about the Yankees. Do I feel good about the Giants? I do. Do I feel good about the Rangers? I do. Do I feel good about the Knicks? I do. Like I, I I'm not a person who's going to go, oh, they're going to stink. Like I'm not, you know, uh, a Frank the Tank sort of uh, fan where everything is the sky is falling constantly. Like I. I'm positive when I think there is need to be positive. And I think the giants are on the upward trajectory and uh, I just don't have the same takes on certain other teams on their schedule that people may, I do not fear the commanders with Sam Howell. I do not fear the Patriots 
with uh, Matt Jones, a quarterback here with Bailey Zappi may win the job. So I'm not going to like, those are two wins in my book. Cardinals, three wins in my book, like four, uh, four wins actually with the commanders. That's half the win total right there. Well, here's like, I how I advocate well for you. Here's how I advocate for your team. And by the way, it's ironic, I guess, because you mentioned the rags and you feel good about them as you talk to Nick Costos, who is clearly the love child of Chris Letang and Eric Carlson. Look at him. He's got the same gorgeous mane that they, they have. He's almost pretty. He tries to hide his prettiness with some facial hair, but it ain't working. Look, look at that. Look, like Carlson and Latang, and now Costos makes three. Um, the What I would say is, again, is people have a hard time moving on, including the books, from what they just saw. And so the Eagles, you know, the, the idea that they are an in, impenetrable juggernaut is a faulty premise as their coaches go out the door, you know, they lose both their coordinators out the door. They're softer. That there's some unknown, at least on the in the secondary that wasn't there. Some of the depth has gone at the line of scrimmage. The legendary that I talk about all the time with the Eagles' path to success for the last decade is is depth at the line of scrimmage. That is to some degree gone, and there are some question marks there on the defensive front. I could see that. I mean, it's not a knock on the Eagles to see uh, to say I could see them coming in with just ten wins or eleven. And I'm not saying you necessarily transfer those uh, added losses into the win column for the Giants, but if the Eagles soften up a little bit, I think there's an opportunity there. And I'm not necessarily convinced that the Cowboys are ready to jump. I mean, the Week One game. I don't want to put too much weight in in what happens in the first week of the season. But I do think we'll 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 learn a good deal from that game. Is that at least fair, Costos? Will you turn around if the Giants win by a touchdown in week one over Dallas? Of course. I mean, yeah, but that, that's that's what this that's what this gig is. It's like dealing right. with the information that you that you're that you have that you have right now. The information we have right now is that and I'm I bet the Giants in week one. I bet plus three and a half. I think it's a valuable bet. I don't I agree know if they're going to win the game. And if the Giants win and they look really impressive in doing so, the, the magnificent football Monday after the week one NFL Sunday on You Better You Bet, we will talk about the Giants being a different team than we thought coming into the year. It's like you have you have to be willing to change your mind a little bit here. And I am willing, I'm not saying I'm definitely right. This is about probability, though. I think the probability is that the Giants are not going to be as good as they were last year in terms of wins and losses. That doesn't mean that I'm rooting against it happening. I root against the Yankees right now. That is the one team that I root for that I am rooting against. Because I think it is like what I root against. This is the other thing with Spaghetti. Who's such a clown Fairweather fan. Who's like, oh, Joe Judge is going to get off. Right. Oh, yeah, let's yeah, root for the Giants. to Yeah, so Joe Judge can go back for another year. I was the only one that was saying the best interest of this team is to lose and to be embarrassed. And guess what? I was right. Because now we have Brian Dable and we have Joe Shane. You should be rooting against the Yankees to be blown out every game the rest of the year. So maybe Hal Steinbrenner can be shamed into firing Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone and starting over. That's how good a fan Nick Costos is. I mean, that's not that you can't transfer that. I get it with the NFL versus. I love you, Eddie. (laughs) What what an outrageous attack that was. Unfair almost. Um, Okay, So. You are on the Jets going to double digit wins. I'm hearing you right on that. I mean, if I had to bet it, I would only bet the over. Yeah, I actually think that will probably may go up a little bit as we and I'm going to bet them in week one against the Bills. So, yeah. You are. OK, yeah. I think that's uh, that was a question I had for you as well. You know, 
me, and I'm going to stay consistent here, even with the Jalen Ramsey injury. By the way, the head-to-head does matter. It's only two games out of the 17. But I always think the first order of business is you, you have to make as an NFL team is to look around the immediate neighborhood and decide if you're going to, in terms of personnel, are you going to try to keep up with the Joneses or are you going to zig against the divisional zag there? You can either try and grind it out against the Chiefs or you can try and shoot it out with Mahomes. Um, I think when you look at the Jets, it ain't great. If that offensive line ain't good, they're in some trouble in a division that now includes Fangio with the with the two rushers that the Dolphins have. That's the, the to me the value play at three to one. In fact, they're getting too much heat and uh, for because I feel like a lot of people have jumped on Damashek's side of this thing with the Dolphins. And in fact, three to one feels a little bit short for me, but. That's the smart play, not the Jets. The Jets are getting all this shine from Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, keeps talking about and it doesn't uh, impact the, you know, what happens uh, over the course of the 17 doesn't necessarily determine what happens in January. But this weird Rodgers thing that people just keep glossing over and being like, I'm so psyched. I'm ready to run through a brick wall after listening to Rodgers like, hey, Joe Namath Lombardi's looking a little lonely. Oh, well, then you're just the guy to replace it. The guy who hasn't been to a Super Bowl in a dozen years on loaded rosters himself. Well, I mean, the, this faith in Aaron Rodgers seems a little bit weird to me. Well, I know he's, I mean, he's well, an all- Well, I think you can, you can understand that, though, from Jets fans. I mean, it's like for, 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 what, they, for what they've had recently. Oh, I think also, it's nationwide. I think a lot of people was, uh, are convincing themselves that Rodgers is, is uh, the missing piece there because of the math that you lay out, which we've heard a lot, which is Zach Whitwell. Is he an upgrade over Zach Wilson? Yes, impossible to argue against, but the Jets didn't make the playoffs a year ago. The What Rodgers does in terms of the wins above replacing uh, Zach and Mike White, who may or may not get uh, a few starts down there in Miami if Tua can't stay right, um, I, I sense that there's a little bit too much optimism given the results. And by the way, again, the thing with Aaron Rodgers is that people keep pointing to is like, you're overly cynical about him, Dave, because you realize he won those two MVPs in the last few years, right? Yeah, my pushback on that is the QB cliff is severe. When you go down, you go down fast. And there is very little historical evidence that at Aaron Rodgers' age, he's about to, that he's going to maintain some level that we saw two years ago. Keep in mind, you can make excuses about injuries that are valid about Aaron Rodgers had a bum thumb and all that kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is he was mediocre last year. Now we expect him to rise back up in New York. I I think there's an opportunity there. And by the way, with the Patriots too, I can't talk myself uh, of them doing anything more than last place, but that's a good roster. Mac Jones appears to be a bum, but otherwise I I like that roster quite a bit. They just Uh, happen to be in a terrible division. I would like to respond to some of the stuff you said. First of all, I just laid it all out. You mentioned Rodgers hasn't been to the Super Bowl in a while. I was trying to remember what that, who did they who did they beat in that game? That was a pretty good Super Bowl of memory Terrific. Search, correctly. Any anyway. terrific stuff. Terrific anyway. stuff. If Richard Mendenhall doesn't fumble, the Steelers have their seventh ring. How about that? Um, yeah, they love if fans and butts. Um as far as the Patriots go, I don't think Mac Jones is a bum. Um, remember, like 13 weeks into his rookie year, they were the favorite to win the AFC. I am more willing. All right, is he a difference maker? Is he in the Maybe. top half of the QB? I, I think it's not. I think it's still I think it's still up in the air. You I think you're likely to be right, but I don't think we have the answer to that question yet. We'll find out the answer this year. But I just want to on the Dolphins and like their division odds. Uh, I've been I guess we can like we can share the the driver's seat. 
Um, I've been driving this Dolphins bandwagon all off season. Oh, um, you have. I'm sorry. The, the re- well, both of them. We, we we can both drive it together. Um, the reason why I would rather bet the Jets to win the division than the Dolphins. Um, I think the Dolphins' upside is higher than the Jets. I guess their their ups their ultimate upside is to both win the Super Bowl. If Tua stays healthy, the Ramsey injury obviously hurts. If Tua stays healthy, you can make a case the Dolphins are going like 15 and two. Now, the reason why I would never bet the Dolphins to win the division or to go over their win total is because of Tua's health, right? And unfortunately, it's like, you know, one bad hit to the head and his career might be over. I'm not saying that glibly, but I think it's something we have to consider. And then I like Mike White, but like Mike White ain't, ain't, ain't a 12-win, 13-win quarterback. Of so course. I think if, if things break right for the Dolphins, their upside is to win the Super Bowl. But if things go poorly, like their downside is to win like four or five games. I don't oh, think- yes. I can't see that, but okay. But like, I don't, I, I think that the Jets ceiling is probably not as high as Miami's in terms of wins, but the Dolphins floor is lower. So the Dolphins were a more volatile team because of the quarterback's health. So I would rather bet the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl than the Jets, but I would rather bet the Jets to achieve regular season success than Miami, if that makes sense. It's a, you're not at all glib for mentioning the Tua stuff, but people keep pointing at that. And obviously he said that after the second concussion, nay, back injury, um, was that he did consider retirement. So I guess that that does, I mean, obviously raise a red flag, but it's also not as though he his skull is softer than the other QBs. He's not predisposed to concussions. He's smaller, and that does practically it make it easier to ragdoll you as a defender. But I don't think that two is necessary. If that's the case, then Carolina shouldn't have drafted Bryce Young first overall. Um, if if it's just the case that a smaller guy is is more susceptible to getting banged up. Um, if we set aside that fair concern that to uh we saw what happened last year, I you know, glass half full. Did you watch the Dolphins when Tua was in there last year? They were um, they were they just could, about unbeatable. They, they were just about unbeatable. They could win like four, they could go 14 and three if Tua stays healthy the whole right. year. Just like, but that's the that that's the, the problem. Is he gonna stay healthy? Does Dalvin Cook go anywhere? Or, I mean, does he land with the Dolphins? Does he land with the Jets? And would that swing the division for you? God, I hope he... Could land with the Bills, for that matter. How do we know where he's going to wind up? Uh, Honestly, I think, like, the the Bills should sign him. Because uh, I don't know if James Cook is a true three-down running back. Damian Harris is fine. Latavius Murray is just a guy. But you have Dalvin... Excuse me, Dalvin and on early downs, and James Cook is the pass down back, and I, and Josh Allen doesn't even really dump the ball off that much. But I think Buffalo is the team that needs him the most. Now, the Jets obviously their interest in Dalvin and like reported interest in Jameer Gibbs around the draft, and then like interest in Jamal Williams and free agency. I think it's probably not a great sign for like their thoughts on Brees Hall and his comeback for this year and what he's going to be like. But I mean, like, let's be clear. And this is my opinion. People can disagree. Um, but for the record, they haven't signed Cook either. That's I mean, it was it always sounded weird to me that the Jets would be chasing him because if you sign him now, yeah, ha- I mean, I, and it's not like it's just, uh, you know, if Brees Hall's ready to roll. They I mean, they, they have too many running backs to begin with. They're de- yeah. Spending that money. And they, drafted your, and they drafted your guy from Pitt. It's real about a condo. A band of Yeah, he's, so- he's going to be a good one, too. So watching watching Brees last year, I felt like Brees' upside was to be the best running back in the league, the first overall pick in fantasy football drafts. I think like he's that good. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I, I don't want Dalvin to sign with the Jets because A, I don't think they need him because Carter and Zonovan Knight are both serviceable. Like Dalvin's fine. Like he's also not Christian McCaffrey. So I don't think the Jets need him. Selfishly, I don't want him to go to Miami because I love Devin A. Shane, the rookie out of Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about this from a fantasy football prison. I agree. I, I, I hear I, you on that. I guess my ad, but like, like, 
is Dalvin really that much better than like a healthy Jeff Wilson or a healthy Raheem Mostert? Like, I actually don't think so. Now, I would say he's better than Damian Harris and he's better than Latavius Murray. I think the Bills could honestly use him the most, but I mean, no team's breaking the bank for Dalvin Cook. Um, I also, I don't want Dalvin to go back to Minnesota, which I feel like is kind of like, I feel like it's a possibility. Um, the Zeke thing's really interesting also. Um, the Patriots play the Texans tonight in the preseason. Something I'll be watching for, I talked about this on You Better You Bet yesterday. This is not answering the question that you asked, but it's somewhat tangentially related. If the running backs behind Ramondre Stevenson, whether it's Ty Montgomery, who's just a guy, obviously, whether it's Pierre Strong or Kevin Harris, if these guys do not show a plum picking up the blitz and pass protecting, I think they're going to sign Zeke because Zeke, for all his flaws now, and he's not the running back that he was, is a great pass protector and a hammer at the goal line. And I don't think they want Ramondre to be like this bell cow running back. So I still looking at Zeke with the New England Patriots. Fournette's going to find a home before it's all said and done. I I, I think the Cowboys are going to sign one of these guys also. I think Dallas is going to sign one of these guys. Maybe it's even Zeke and he comes back to pair with Tony Pollard. So I do think the running back market is interesting. Kareem Hunt's out there as well. He's probably going to sign with New Orleans at this point. Doesn't sign with the Colts. They signed Jason Huntley yesterday. So we'll see. I do think that this is interesting as we move uh, through training camp. Um, excellent stuff. Last thing then let's, uh, let's get you. Do you want to, you, you want to parlay the giants over seven and a half and the jets under nine and a half. Can we make nice with that idea? That would be a fun thing I, for you and been, spaghetti to get together on. First of all, like you're man because you, and it's my fault. You're like, yeah, 15 or 20 minutes only. Oh, okay. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, no, we'll, no, no, no. I just wanted to point that out. We're good. Uh, have you been listening to me for all this time? You, why would I want to take I the Giants over okay. the Jets under? I'd rather parlay the opposite. Like, again, as a fan, I would love for the Giants to go 17-0. and 0. Giants, plus 165 to make the playoffs. Jets to miss, plus 120. Let me leave you with this hot take. I'm I, The Ravens, plus 130 to, ma- to, to miss the playoffs is a great play. Is it? Yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, the 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 confidence that Lamar uh, they Jackson win, they win a million regular season games every year with the quarterback healthy. So new offense, mediocre defense by their measure. Some questions on the offense. I I mean, the the Ravens I think are a good team to bet against there. Oh, um, and that, so if the Ravens don't make it out of the AFC North, who do you think does? I listen. I'm on the Bungles to win the division again. I do think the Steelers are going to battle it out with the Brannies for the second spot. So you're Ravens and last. Okay, I like that. Let me, can I ask you one question before I go? You can. Okay. Let's say week one, Sunday, September 10th, in the Steel City, Mm. the point spread is San Francisco with Brock Purdy under center, laying two and a half. The spread is three right now. Let's say it's two and a half. I think it's more likely to go to two and a half than it is to go up to three and a half. I agree. If it's, if it's San Francisco minus two and a half on the road at Pittsburgh in week one, what's your bet? I'm taking Pittsburgh at home. I I, I think you catch the, I know, I, I didn't anticipate Purdy day one of training camp taking, uh, you know, taking the snaps, but some question about where he's going to come down when it's real and live out there. Give and, me the Niners. Give me San Francisco at two and a half. If if that happens, I just want to get ahead of that now. If it's two and a half, I'm laying San Francisco. Three, probably not a bet. Okay. Enjoy. I wish you oh. nothing but the best with that oh, one. Uh, oh, I will. I will enjoy. Oh, and one last thing. 
I look at the schedule in terms of chunks of stretches in schedule because it, the the challenge mounts when you go through a gauntlet of games. Look at the Jets' first six games. That yeah, will. What's well, not just it's it's a misery, and there's a a real chance that they'll be two and four or maybe even worse. And if they are, then all the excitement goes out the window. There will okay. not be available a big rally down the stretch to 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 get into the playoffs. Not in this AFC. So take a look at that six games before. I I don't just say this to you, Costos. I say it to all who are getting a little over their skis about this Jets team. This is an all time miserable conference. Every team has to make a run through, and it's but no, but just just for just for bleeps and giggles here, and I got I'm extending this out, which is fine. Uh, okay, so the Jets are one and a half point home dogs against Buffalo in week one. That's what we call a toss up. Week two, they're on the road at the Dallas Cowboys. There's no way if Dallas is a three point favorite, the Jets will get bet immediately. That's a toss up in week two. Week three, they host the Patriots. They will be at least a three point favorite in that game, more than three. That is a likely win for the Jets. Week okay. four, host the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. I think that's probably Kansas City two and a half. My sense is, is that the Jets would get bet if it were three. We could even call that a likely loss if you want, though, but I think that's more likely to be a toss up. Week five, on the road at the Denver Broncos. That is the Jets is a three point favorite in that game. That's a likely win. And then they play the Eagles um, on October 15th at home. That is a toss up as well. So okay, here- you're talking about but what you basically laid out there. It's it, it, I love your buckets uh, approach here. But so it's Aaron Rodgers in a bunch of close games. So I'm just saying, like that that- you're saying two and four that could easily be four and two. I'm not a Jets fan. I don't care. I'm just I'm just this is kind of like how how I'm viewing this. I hear you absolutely. And some of those numbers, as we go back to where we started, I think they're a little bit juiced because people feel good about Aaron Rodgers and that could all go away after week one or two, and you're talking about a pretty tight number against Patrick Mahomes, that could look very different if the Jets are at that point one and two, or what would you, whether is that week five, you said that is if they're, that's, I think that's week four, but I'll tell you, like if the Jets get off to a rough start in Kansas city is more than a three point favorite in that game, like the Jets will get bad. I'm not saying that the bet's going to win. I just think like, that's, that's what will happen. That's what uh-huh. I would be interested in. I'm cutting you off here unless you want to say an apology to Eddie Spaghetti. That was not nice. You called him clown. That's is that a New York way to do? Is that no, a, a, the right kind well, of thing well, to well, do? Well, Spaghetti's a California guy now, so I don't know if he's got that New York toughness in him anymore. But no, I love, love my guy Spaghetti. And I will say, and I mean this sincerely, as the years have waned on and the longer I've been doing this for time at NFL radio and doing what I do now, uh, I wish sincerely, no BS. I wish that I still retain that level of fandom that Spaghetti has. I miss it, quite honestly. So I, I give Spaghetti credit for that, for retaining that through the years. All right. I mean, that seems that seems like a dig, really. I it's think. not. Spaghetti. It, it is it, it is not a dig. You just, I wish you, that you I just patted him on the head and told him to get lost. Go sit at the kids' table. No, it's great. I wish I still thought I wish I still had that level of enthusiasm about my teams as a fan. I don't anymore. I wish that I still did. That stinks. That's I feel sad that you've lost that for real. I, I have. I've maintained it. I've I I've somehow too. been able to maintain it. And listen, you're the tops costos. Congratulations on the nuptials. Glad everything's going so well for you professionally. Make sure you hear the quality of his sound with his guy, Lockie Lockerson, three to seven Eastern Monday through Friday. You better you bet. Track him down on all platforms. You're you're like on the on the Twitch and all of it, right? Yeah, all this, all this. I don't know. I'm like. I'm 40. I'm a man. I feel like I don't know anything about this stuff. I leave that to people a lot smarter than me. I just talk and wherever they put it is wherever they put it. 
if you if you watched hockey ever, you would know that that's a compliment that I said you're the love child of Chris Letang and Eric Carlson. Oh, I know that they're both very handsome. I appreciate that very much. Penguins are going to be awesome this year, man. Yeah, Kyle. Oh, then, don't start with that. Spaghetti will get upset all over. Ah, uh, then the Rangers are going to be awesome too. They're both going to be really good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like. Awesome. I, I don't like Lafayette. I don't like Lafayette as the head coach. But in any event, we could talk about that another time. I agree. That feels awfully uninspired to me. Okay. All right. Is, is Quenville going to coach this year, or is that still? Is he still like persona non grata? That's who I wanted the Rangers to hire. I don't know. Didn't he surface somewhere spaghetti in the last year or two? And I thought he was. He was. He was. His career's over. He is reinstated, but no one's going to touch him because of yeah. the backlash. We, uh, you want to say anything and, and, to Costos? And you want to beat him up? He, I mean, one thing's for sure, Spaghetti would win a fight against. Oh, no, Sp- the, Spaghetti I, I would was, kick my. There's no I, question. I was, I was not mad in the least. I have no problem talking Giants until Nick said the Penguins are going to be awesome. Then I just rolled my eyes. Well, no, you don't, you don't think they're going to be good? Like they have the oldest, they have the oldest roster in the NHL, and and so what? It's their, a good roster, of, and some of their best, a good roster that didn't make the playoffs last year, and some of their best players can barely stay healthy for 50 games. So no, I don't think they're going to be awesome. Well, I mean, to be fair, you said they didn't make the playoffs last year. They lost it on like the final day, and then they added like a really two, great two of the worst teams. I mean, I also think the Islanders are not going anywhere, and I do think you'll see a resurgence from Columbus with Mike Babcock as coach. That's my my, my hot take for the NHL. And and the Penguins did get like the best. And I think you'll see a resurgence with the Penguins too. How about that? The, the, the idea that the Penguins are static and Rangers the, are better. the teams underneath them are going to elevate. Rangers are better than the Penguins, but I do think the Penguins are going to be really good. I don't, you know what? I don't even know if I, if I buy that. I'm going to have to wait and see where things land before uh, before the puck drops here. All right, listen, Costos, it's enough already. I said 15 or 20, and you're at least halfway responsible for how long we've gone here, right? You I will that? claim, I'll claim, honestly, I think it's like 55% my fault. I, I'll take more than half, more than half the responsibility. I'm not mad at you. I'm sorry. I got lost in those gorgeous locks. They, it reminds me of a younger Dave Damashek. That's why I'm so jealous. That's why Do you know what, uh, you know what the, some of the younger members of my show staff are calling me? And this is uh, this is like my me, George Costanza, trying to like make people call me T-boned. They mm-hmm. call me because I, I, I don't have my hair done right now, but I like I slick my hair back now as my look. Very European. They mm-hmm. call me they call me Pat Riley. <laughs> it is, and it is it is my sincere hope that that other people will call me that a la george costanza begging people to call him t-bone so oh and my and I'm, god and i am i am shameless about that and 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 fully admit it get right for football season get right for all of it they're talking about premier league and beyond on you better you bet make sure you're listening to locky lockerson and tat riley Monday through Friday. Thank you, Costos. Yeah, wishing you and all your even. I, I even wish Eddie Spaghetti minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. And you already missed the Steelers uh, go uh, at uh, even money going over eight and a half. I mean, what, what are we doing? What are we doing, everybody? That's another gimme. All right, there he goes, Costos. And now a quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, there he goes, Eddie Spaghetti. And by the way, I wanted to bring it up at the top, but uh, I had to get to Costos. You just heard his thoughts on Swift v. Beyonce. And as a reminder, I'm not talking about who you like better. Both their, their, as much as I'm aware of their their music catalogs, they both seem pretty good to me. Um, and I admire them both. I think, unless I'm mistaken, don't they both write all their own music or the vast majority of it? So, you know, they're both uh, talented people, not these people who just are handed a pop song and they lay down the track on it. But I don't think it's much of a debate that Taylor Swift is the bigger star. And you just experienced it. You took your fiance, Jada, and her friends to the show in Los Angeles last night, right? Yeah, uh, our old pal MVP, her 30th birthday uh, um, a few days back, week ago at this point. Uh, so Erica, our other friend, Ricky Hollywood, got all them tickets, uh, did not get me a ticket, but I had the great opportunity to be the the chauffeur for them to and fro SoFi. And uh, I live not too far away in Marina Del Rey. And uh, man, I like was in Ralph's, the grocery store here, cashiers talking to people buying stuff for the concert there with like they had all those like wristbands on and uh, seeing people on my in my street in my neighborhood all girls dressed up like you know little like teenage girls dressed up in these dresses and all this like funky stuff to go with their their parents to the to the game uh to the game to the event the concert i've never seen more traffic and more uh just holdups getting close to inglewood where sofi is and this is not even a shot at the rams and their fan base any any nfl team cannot compare to what was going on. I mean, selling out every single night uh, in SoFi for a week straight and then to the concert going on for, you know, what was it, like three, three and a half hours. I think she played like 45 songs apparently uh, per, per my sources there. Um, and then just madness when they're leaving. It, it was hilarious to see at midnight, um, you know, all these girls in these like pink dresses and stuff hanging from their hair, just walking the streets of Englewood, uh, just trying to find a, a, an Uber or something to get home. But it was, uh, it's, it, it, like, it, she stimulated the Los Angeles economy. Like, like she, added 320 million dollars to our it's just that's been a, true across the country force wherever of she goes she she leaves in her wake tons of loot for local businesses so it's great and i think it's great and i also think it's uh what i mean i hadn't thought about is this the best i don't even know i wouldn't even be able to think of what the other candidates would be this has to be the best summertime for teenage girls in terms of pop between this and barbie can you beat it no what a, you can't what a lot of pink everywhere yeah, excellent. Um, all right. I think we've said it all for another week here on Minus Three. If you want some more noise, go back and listen to our episode with Kevin Hench as ever. Grand stuff with him, chopping it up with him. And great news. If you enjoy that one, you'll enjoy it next week. I'm calling the shot here on this side of the weekend. We'll be back on the other side of it. Hopefully injury-free preseason football awaits your eyeballs and uh, all the buzz you're hearing about the real thing that starts in September. Hope you feel extra excited now after that conversation with the great Nick Costos for him and Eddie Spaghetti the Clown. 
Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.